Welcome to Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. This is Bob, just Bob right now, because you are getting a sneak preview into the things that Bax and I recorded before we were the Movie Blast. So, we recorded this episode, and it was so good and bad that we wanted to share it with you. So, hope you're having an awesome week. Uh, go check out GameZillaMedia.com for more podcasts, because that's where we are. Those are our friends. Uh, we'll catch up with you later. Hope see you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bax and Bob Watch Movies. Uh, this week, uh, we watched a movie called The Scribbler. And Bax, why did we watch this? It's a really, really good question, especially after watching the film. I had to really think and ponder about why I was so excited to watch the movie in the first place. It's based on a graphic novel and the art style looks a little bit edgy and a little bit gritty. So I think going in, I was kind of hoping maybe along the lines of Sin City for some reason, like smoke and aces. I kind of thought of that. Like maybe I thought the flow of the action and the zaniness and like ridiculousness of it would kind of be on par with that. Um, so I kind of pressured Bob and we might have kind of pressured our friends Rick and Noah to boot it up on Netflix and I'll watch it together. And, uh, and so that's why we watched it. Yeah. And, uh, the summary of the film, it's about a girl who lives in like an apartment complex and she has multiple personality disorders and she's going through this like Siamese burn treatment to burn out her multiple personality disorders. Uh, Bax, what is, what's the IMDb summary? IMDb is telling us that a young woman is facing her destructive multiple personalities using an experimental new procedure known as the Siamese burn. So, Bob, I think that you summed it up pretty well. Man, that's pretty good for a movie that I absolutely despise. <laughs> um, so, what do we think? Uh, I thought this is probably in the bottom 5% of movies that I've ever seen. And you've watched a lot of movies in your life. I have watched a lot of movies and I, and, and I buy trash. Um, this is, this was absolutely unwatchable and it just, I, I don't even know. Like, but Bax, who, who was in this movie? Going back to why we watched the movie I should have mentioned, when we looked at the cast, it actually seemed intriguing. Um, Katie Cassidy. I knew Katie Cassidy from the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, which I thought was a great movie. Um, as far as slashers go, like it's probably in my top three up there with Jason X, which I think we're going to talk about later, maybe a little bit, and Freddy vs. Jason. Um, and also the remake of Black Christmas, she was in that. And for me personally, that movie didn't do a lot for me, but I thought that she did a good job of trying to carry a pretty subpar film. And Bob, I know that you had a relationship with Katie Cassidy um, coming into this movie beforehand as well. Yeah. I saw her in the Harper's Island, which was a television show, uh, which I thought she did a great job in. Her acting was solid, not wooden. And uh, this, her performance on this and a lot of actors that were in this, just everybody was trying way too hard. 
Um, like we have a character uh, that is interrogating them that is sitting there trying to like smoke cigarettes. Cool. And like, you can see everybody trying to be super cool. Yeah. It's like, you're not, you're trying so hard to make it edgy and make it different. And I'm just like, nobody slaps shut a lighter like that. <laughs> like, and it's just, and uh, we had, uh, who is the, who is the male uh, lead? The male lead was Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah. Sasha Gray's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Eliza Dushku. Yeah, Dushku, you learned some stuff. Like you've had a career. And she's she's good in other stuff. Like she's actually very talented. And I don't know if if everybody in this movie, Michelle Trachtenberg, she was in it from Harriet the Spy. Definitely the worst performance I've seen from her. It was it, the whole movie had like a really decent cast, but they tried to be Sin City. They tried to do the super saturated colors and everything kind of, if in my opinion, fell on its face. What do you think, Bax? I think that you made a lot of good points about trying to be other things. Um, and I'm not, I haven't been to film school. Um, I've never made my own movie. I've never edited anything. But even for me with the action sequences, I know, for example, when you watch John Woo movies, like heroic bloodshed movies, so A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, Hard Boiled, the shots are really long, and you can see what's taking place. You can see the action taking place. You can see people's whole bodies and then moving. It's not all chopped together and shoved together, so you have no idea what the hell's going on, like you might see in the Resident Evil movies or the Underworld movies. Um and the Scribbler's action sequences, which I was kind of hoping for that maybe to be where it would kind of shine for me, were uh, unfortunately kind of like in the Resident Evil movies and the Underworld ones. So like you're saying, I had no idea what they were trying to show me. Yeah, the, the, the movie was just, I'm having a hard time figuring out what I want to say as my like favorite thing about it. Other than the credits at the end. Something that really has stood out to me as well is once we reach the end of the film, like let's say the last third, maybe like it's an hour and 28 movie, like an hour and a half film, last half hour, and we get an exposition scene where um, our male lead, um, Hogan, basically explains everything that's happened in the whole movie leading up to that point. So it's almost like the director or the screenwriter, I'm not sure who it would have been, but they knew we weren't going to have any idea what the hell had happened. So they should at least like write in some dialogue for a character to get us up to, to get us up to speed and let us know what was supposed to be going on. Um, and even like movies, like when Tarantino does his nonlinear storylines, he's able to show you what's going on and you're able to track with it. You're able to put it together or memento like the it's like super nonlinear, right like it goes in reverse but when you get to the end of the film you're able to put it all together and be like oh that's what happened so yeah i think it made me appreciate good storytelling more if that makes any sense oh it does the plot of the movie is or like the when you figure everything out the big reveal is 
the girl who moved in across the street's been ki- like or across the hall from our main character played by Katie Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Michelle Trachtenberg's character is killing everybody who sleeps with Hogan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Siamese burn apparently like if you hook it up to yourself and electrocute yourself, you then get to your like purest form. Which in Michelle Trackenberg's case was the evil version of the scribbler. Right. <laughs> is the best way that I can summarize it. And Katie Cassidy's most pure form is the title character of the scribbler. And, and we don't even see the scribbler get released until I think it was the last 15 minutes in the movie. Right. And like she gets pushed out of a window and then floats and all this kind of stuff. And I, everything about the movie just seemed really weird like I, apparently she writes backwards or like like in it like if you're in a mirror like that is how the scribbler writes the scribbler is like a nonverbal persona or like multiple personality inside of Katie Cassidy um and but I absolutely don't understand it <laughs> agreed if i had to think of a positive or if I had to think of positives, there was a talking dog that I enjoyed. If you give me like an animal friend, I'm probably going to be okay with it. If you make the animal friend talk or like do human things, I'm probably going to be into it. So thanks to, who was it? John Suits was the director of this. Dan Schaefer was the writer. Thanks to you guys for at least having a talking dog in there for me. And I think that also... I can, I don't know if I want to use the word respect. They went all in, maybe to a fault. Like we were saying, it seemed like everything was super try hard and just over the top. But for what it's worth, somebody probably had a vision for this, I would think. And they really went (laughs) like all their chips in on it and fully committed to it. So I guess in that sense, I can kind of give them credit for that. Like it was super weird and it was super strange and it was different than I think like anything that I'd seen before in a way. So I don't know. I'm just digging really deep to try and find a positive for them. I think that there was some good special effects. There was a lot of like set dressing and things like that that was done maybe like a little bit too much for sure. Um, But I feel like they did a really good job doing what they wanted to do, which was oversaturate colors, make things like very green, like, and it's, it's what, it's what happens when people look at something and try to replicate it, but it doesn't have that same spirit and same, like, they're copycatting. Like, they're not inventing it, so it's not truly theirs. Right. And so that's kind of, like, why it didn't resonate with me personally. Um, so it's time for regular human reviews. And so this movie only was a straight-to-DVD release, Skipped the theaters, made a total of like $102,000. And um, so 
we pulled up the Scribbler official trailer and people had this to say. Saw it, love it, worth every second. I hope that that this won't be another sucker punch. Well. <laughs> this film is so underrated. I mean, uh. it is super underrated. I'm underrating it right now. <laughs> I really enjoy this film. It's a bizarre mashup of genres that is made into a pretty original film. If you're looking for something different and trippy, you might want to give this a try. That's actually fair. I'll give them that one. Looks stupid. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it was stupid. Just finished this movie and it's surprisingly really good. Ugh. I just, I don't know what these people are seeing. That's like, that's what's bothering me. I'm like, am I now mind you that this trailer has only received 57 thousand reviews or views so that means it's not like a very well-known film very timely considering that such a high percentage of people are now in parentheses claiming they have mental disorder of some kind of or another yeah i uh i don't know if i agree with that <laughs> sasha gray heart emoji the, the, that's one on the on the YouTube. Oh yeah, the YouTube comments. Okay. Sasha Gray didn't even do anything in the movie. No, she didn't even. That's yeah. <laughs> I forgot to let you know that Suki was the main character's name. Bob, what do you think the scribbler has on IMDb as a rating? I don't even know. I looked it up yesterday. It's like a five. If we were going to say that's like 54%, that, that seems wild to me. And, and Bob and I are mute. We're movie guys that can appreciate and actually love some movies that some people consider garbage. And the one that comes to mind um, for us is Jason X, which we both love Jason Voorhees. We both love science fiction. You put Jason in space, we know what we're going to get and we get it. And we're both super into it. Bob, what do you think that Jason X has on IMDb? I would, I would say in my heart, it's a seven. It's a C movie. It's a for sure a C movie. It's not, it's not great. But on IMDb, it's probably like a five as well. I definitely agree with Bob that I would give it, I agree with you that I would give it a seven. I think that's a super solid rating for Jason X. IMDb gives it, giving it a 4.4. So according to IMDb, The Scribbler would be considered a better movie for, than Jason X. And for me, it's not. I'm just not seeing it. I'm trying to think of what I would give The Scribbler out of 10. Two. One. I, th- I think I can give it a two. I'll go with a two. I, I, Spiders 3D was better than this. And I, and I did not like Spiders 3D. S- Absolutely. Spiders 3D, at least you had the sequence where 
there's some big ass eggs that have been laid in a guy and a doctor just hands over the eggs to the guy's best friend and says, yeah, I don't want to do the paperwork on these anyway. So at least I had that scene that I found myself really enjoying. Yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, that's the movie we watched this week. It's called the scribbler. The main character's name is Suki and it's terrible. You don't even see the scribbles to the last 15 minutes. And it's super underwhelming when you do see it. There's a lot of scribbling. There's a, and, there's a and lot there's, of scribbling. And the scribbles show up on the, on the girl's skin. They do. It doesn't make any sense. Absolutely not. But anyways, we watched it so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, if, if we had to give a recommendation, pass on this one. Yeah, pass. Watch something else. Hard pass. Well, see ya. See ya. Guys, that was it. That's the end of the episode. So this is one of the first podcasts that Bax and I ever recorded. Uh, and you can see the bones of what became the Movie Blast podcast. So hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you got... A uh, nice sneak peek behind the curtain. And uh, we'll do a couple more of these. Um, if you have any recommendations of movies you want to hear us talk about, that you want to just hear me roast because I'm the harsh one and Bax is the nice guy, um, send them in. All right. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Bob and Bax.